So we're on now. Yep. We are on now. Welcome all of you that are streaming from Finland and Singapore and all the different places, uh, the, the interesting lands of the world, uh, the WWP World Wrestling Project that we're engaged in this evening. We're happy to see you here with us, happy for you to join us. We've had how many weeks now? It's about seven months now. About seven months we started to go. We started with this. And I've been developing notes through the year on it. And we have some neat little subjects coming up. We're just finishing up tonight on the area of discipline. Then we have... Uh, um, Lord, I just had all this in my head just now. We, we, <laughs> we have brotherhood is, is what we're going to go into next. Kind of like the Band of Brothers. I have that DVD series that was really nice to watch about the World War II group of, of Airborne, 101st Airborne. And this will be Brotherhood, and then we'll have Purity, which I think is a very important uh, area to address for mankind and men as a, gen as a general rule. Is it not coming through for you well? No. Nope. Over there? Okay. Mm -hmm. So do I need to repeat myself? No, you're good. Okay. So we'll have Purity, then we'll have uh, Leaving a Legacy, behind and we'll have a fight in a good fight of faith and then talk about fight plan and then talk about wildness because in in the state of nature men are wild actually and I think that may be why good evening how are you we're blessed we're too blessed to be stressed I am too because I did a Wednesday and I made eight cheesecakes awesome did you you made eight cheesecakes so you obviously heard from Jesus then. Yeah, you make Okay, awesome. I'll Wonderful. You I've I've been craving cheesecake again, so Okay. okay. <laughs> so we're the, the we're gonna be talking about the fight plan and then the fact that men are by nature, by creation, there actually there is a wildness in men. And I think that's what God did when he separated, took the rib out and made the woman. He took the wildness uh, not the wildness, the domesticity, whatever, out of the man and put him in the woman so they could come together and complement each other. And it, often it takes the woman to domesticate the man, if you know what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. uh, because that wildness in us, I mean, we're, we're happy. You know, I've uh, seen it, had a number of bachelor acquaintances through the years. And then I, of course, had roommates, three bachelor roommates or two bachelor roommates in a house. And we did, we did agree together to keep things clean and all that. And for the most part, yeah. But a woman coming in there would clean it <laughs> if she came in. And the same in my own, in recent years, in my few months as a bachelor, uh, when Dola saw the house, she would, don't you ever clean your place up? Well, yes, I do, honey. I do, but it's not up to their standard. So they have a greater standard of domesticity and cleanliness and things like that. And, and uh, there was complaints about my clothes washing and all that kind of stuff. So I think that that may be what the deal is. The complementariness of that is they domesticate us and make us a little cleaner and a little more civilized in our behavior and thinking and all. And, and that's a good thing. I don't think that's bad or wrong. It's a good thing. So we're, uh, we're talking about maximizing or uh, the pushing to the fullness our manhood and then remembering there's going to be a, a, an area where we're talking about marriage in the, the notes coming up here about marriage about what that does the way it ought to the effect it ought to have on us 
and the way we ought to treat our bride and, and our family and all in that area. So that'll be another good thing coming up. But I wanted to mention that up in front, and then we're going to go back and review uh, the most recent thing. Who remembers the most recent subject that we were talking about the last about six, seven, eight weeks because of convention and things in the way of it all? Uh, it was on the area of discipline, right? We had 10 Kickstarters for a disciplined life, and uh, we want to kind of review a little bit on that, review a little bit about the whole outline a little bit, and go back and ask a few discussion questions, and then we'll be closing out discipline and going into the brotherhood aspect uh, on our next session. So um, remember on the area of discipline, an important area of it was to welcome resistance I've seen in psychological studies they have a word, eustress. Have you ever heard that word? There's the word stress, and we all go, oh, that's a boogaloo, that's a booger, we don't like stress. But the psychiatrists and psychologists say there's something called eustress, spelled E U S T S T R E S S, eustress. That prefix EU was actually from the Greek language, and it literally means good or beneficial. Okay, you, whatever, euphoria, different things like that, good and beneficial. So what we're doing in you stress is it's stress that comes against us and is a kind of test of what we're made of. It's not trying to kill us. It's a stress, to, a stress test, so to speak. And uh, we find out what, how strong we are. And also you stress, you know, uh, one of the things we talked about was strengthening your core I can remember in the PE days in high school in Texas and when I played football and stuff, well, the, the coaches, they had the weight room. Anybody ever played football, you're aware of that. They have a weight room. They do weight training just to make you, you stronger and make you longer lasting on the football field. And then you're going to do also some cardio, some running and stuff, to, so you can keep your, you keep your head up in the air when you're running down the field. You know, you don't... You don't get a punt and start running down the field and just plop to the ground because you can't breathe anymore. That's what they're after. So uh, you've got the training and the stress. The eustress comes in in the training. Um, Paul had mentioned that, there, that the godliness is of some benefit now. I mean, not godliness. Exercise is of benefit now. It is. But he said godliness is profitable for everything and forever. So there is an exercise of godliness that we need to engage in as men and strengthen our core being in that area as men to maximize the manhoodness of ourselves, the mankindness of ourselves. And so we welcome resistance. I can remember the weight training. The, the coaches gave us a couple of options at different times. One of them, even one of the areas was I want you to bust it. I want you to be, have nothing left. I want you to maximize that weight and get as many reps as you can get up with that weight. You know, and that bench press, 250 pounds, if you can do that, you know. Strain your guts out manage to get up three or four or five times. They wanted you to do 10. The three or four or five times, that was proof that you're getting stronger and you can get more reps and you're getting stronger. And what was happening was the eustress was creating a breakdown in the muscle fiber. In order for the muscle fiber to get stronger, uh, we were shown in, in biology class a strand, a cell, a muscle cell strand or whatever, and it had little segments of the strand 
and the use stress put on that whenever you're working out or the heavy exercise or whatever, uh, it, it breaks the, strength, the, the parts of the strand down, but it builds them back up because they have to come back. That's why in weight training, I'll tell you, allow yourself a day to recover. Now that's the standard part of it. Let you stress yourself out and then take a day to recover. Give the muscle a day of rest or two days or whatever. And why? That's so those strands can, can regroup and strengthen back up. And when they do, they become stronger just by nature, just by the, the use stress that's been put on them. So the Lord says don't uh, welcome the resistance or the use stress. Don't welcome the devil's kind of stress. I just call it mal-stress, M-A-L. That's the prefix for bad, mal-stress. Don't welcome that. Avoid that. Jesus himself avoided that when he could. Told the disciples, well, come, come over here and rest with me for a little bit. Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. Evening. Hey. How, how are you doing? I'm all right. Good. Praise God. How was work? work. Well, today you're off. Oh, no, you're still working every day, aren't you, right now? Uh, yeah, but I've been working. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm the worst student right now. It's pretty hard for everything I'll be yeah. yeah. The way you said work wasn't quite like me or G crap, so that's good. <laughs> work. Work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, we're, we're talking about the James. We're talking about welcoming resistance, kind of re- re- rehashing some of the things about the discipline area. We welcome the resistance, which is the the uh, the Greek language had these prefixes, and EU was one of them, which meant good or beneficial or blessing. EU you stress the psychiatrists say you can get into, and that could be mental or whatever type of stress. In the physical realm, it'd be in the weight area, and if you've done the athletics, you're aware that they'll train you in the weight. It'd be, it'd be similar, like a runner that has to hit a hit the break point and break through. Yep. Second wind is what they call that in doing that. Yeah. And I, I can remember uh, training in the football and different things. They We had the bleacher stands, and there must have been 35,000 steps up and down these stands. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, you know. But they'd have us run. <laughs> come on, come on. Ten reps <laughs> up and down these things, you know. And by the time you're done with that, you're just, Hethel, <laughs> I'm coming, you know. <laughs> you know. You feel that way, but you know what? The use stress created by that, what's it doing? Your body's processing out the waste and the, the evil effects in the bloodstream, processing that out, filtering out the kidneys. But then what's happening is the muscles are regrouping the strands of the muscles and they're becoming stronger. They're adding pieces to the strands. That's what they're doing, making them stronger, each strand. So that's what we do. We welcome the resistance and we evaluate our circumstances and we go into the challenging opportunities by choice. What did Nancy Reagan say? Was it just say no? I think that was one of their little slogans or whatever. Just say no. She's talking about drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to learn how to just say no to things in life and circumstances to keep the wrong kind of stress from coming in. We don't want the devil's stress. Hello, no problem. How are you this evening? Good, how are you? We're too blessed to be stressed. That looks like a good invasion to me. Banana bread. Oh my goodness. Might be a little dark on the bottom. I got a new oven and I haven't figured it out yet, but top three quarters, I guarantee. Praise God. 
Thank you. Yes, happy birthday. And Make sure you tell Amy happy birthday when you go to the ladies. Thank you. Yeah, it's hers is Monday. I'm probably going to have flour dumped on my head and water tomorrow. I'm over to That's a thing in Africa that they do to honor people. I know I went to a thing where they were showing films of missionaries, and I saw that being done to somebody that was of high honor. I know what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so what, do they put a bucket over the door and you open the door? Um, it, the juncture or what, no? Well, yeah, she'll have a bucket or something, some some, some kind of container. Second story? Yeah. Lay out the window and... Yeah. With a rope the, on it and flips the bucket time, on you? They, they had a little space that's the, on the other side of the entry door. Mm-hmm. And Kaskili had me distracted because we were discussing something as we came in the door. And he's uh, got me good. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, yeah. surprise. Right? <laughs> so where were we? Anybody remember where we were? Resistance. Resistance. Resistance the, the, the good stress, the bad stress. Yeah. To it, remember. It, it, it's also horizon terms of uh, spiritual things breaking through by, yep. by stress. Right. And then you've got to go through the stress of, I don't know what's there. And you push your way through that, knowing that God's going to be with you. Someday I want to, to do a, a series on God's problem-solving devices. Because he put those in the manufacturer's handbook for us as his kids to learn how to operate here on this earth and solve problems with them. And we have some issues this evening that's brought up to me. Mike Gerard, our brother, our, our brother from another mother that come, has been here some of the time with us. Yeah, he was uh, here last Sunday with Last wife, Sunday, but, yeah. With Becky, yeah. yeah. But he's been dealing with a lot of physical things. And this morning, uh, around 4.30ish, he apparently was up to do a pit stop somewhere and he fell a couple times and she had rushed him to the hospital she says the doctors say that his kidneys were damaged by the fall I don't know how that could happen but apparently he must have fell over a stair rail or something yeah he could have fell over something yeah and, and dinged him up so she wanted us to be sure and pray see that's part of the problem solving devices is to learn to, to put enough of, of promises in here we know that all the promises of God it says are yes and amen if he said it's yours, it's yours. It's just a matter of naming it out to him, claiming it from him, receiving it, taking hold of it, yeah. putting it in. So that's that's a problem solving for us. We need to pray for Mike. I see. I like uh, prayer for opening up uh, earlier surgery for my dad. Okay. Um, when do uh, you want him to do it? When? Yeah. I don't know how, how long the pain will be. It's difficult for him to pain now, but how long he'll be able to handle the pain. Okay. Um, and maybe next week um, before I have to go for surgery myself. Um, Did you say they were trying to put him off to the 14th or something like that? 13th. 13th, yeah. okay. So it would be better if it was next week then? Yeah. Okay. Um, one option is possibly Madison 
Oh, got to go to Wisconsin. So, okay. Um, you know, he's a veteran, so VA. All right. We, we will be in agreement with you. One of the things we do whenever we're solving problems, uh, I have liked to emphasize, I learned this years ago, you sit underneath Kenneth E. Hagan, and he'll, he'll impart a few things to you about things that he's found. He was 86, I think, when he left for heaven. Uh, My he dad's ahead of that. He was still he was still teaching, you know. He was still teaching every yeah. other every day in class at school, eighty six years, years old, and still I mean he would get up there. Uh, remember Billy Hale that was here for CGMA? Yeah. Uh, Billy Hale, the founder of CGMA, was here a few weeks back yeah. for the convention. Billy is half the man he used to be mentally, yeah. but I'm telling you, he gets behind a pulpit mm-hmm. or anything like that, and he's he's on track. I mean, yeah. boom. And, and Dad Hagen was pretty well, you know, that way. He, they said they told me that he, the last that he got where he'd want to have food fights and stuff with people, you know, <laughs> crazy stuff like that. But, but he'd get behind a pulpit, and you couldn't stop him for nothing. And one of the things he, he shared was you, in, in the area of prayer, you're not going, see, and in, in, in the Pentecostal churches, like we're of Pentecostal roots. I know Lutheran originally, but Pentecostal roots here, and, and charismatic, spirit-filled roots. So much of the time, we'll sit there and think that we have to have an emotional something going on. If we don't have that emotional thing going on, God hasn't hurt us. But one of the things Dad emphasized to us is if it states it here, it doesn't matter what you're feeling anywhere or what your brain, how your brain is reacting to anything outside. If he said it, it's so. And so you hold on to that no matter what. I, I had to do that in the hospital with the foot when they're telling me, we're coming in the morning at 9 o'clock in the morning, we're going to cut your foot off. So I'm sitting there, and this was not fun. <laughs> and night saying, Lord, I'm thanking you. Your word said it in Proverbs 3.26. This is the way we're going. I believe this. I'm not going to believe what that doctor told me or anybody else that comes in. I'm going to believe this. This is the way it's going to be, Lord, because you said it. See, and that's, that's prayer coming to him uh, he, he talks about uh, put me in remembrance of Isaiah he says put me in remembrance of my word or of my covenant I've made a contract with you covenant's all in here put me in remembrance of it you know, just bring it back up you know in court you ever done it in, you ever been into a court situation you know what they're doing there constantly you, you, you die of boredom sometimes if you're listening I, I've had they had me in as an expert witness uh, in, in Tulsa. There was a, a company that hired an outfit to put a roof on their building, and I was expert in that area. And they had me come in there to give my testimony, what I knew about the way to do this. And, and they had me look at this thing and, and to say, this is what I saw up there that, that was done. Uh, this didn't quite meet the specifications and all that. I had to do that. They asked the, some of the foolish, most foolish questions but what they were doing was taking what was written, not from the Bible, but the case law. And they were taking that and saying, okay, here's the situation. Uh, the, case, the law says this. Tell us what you saw that it would affect or fall in the, the area of that law right there. And that's what we're doing. So whenever we're problem solving with prayer, we're taking what's in here and saying, Father God, this is your precedent. This is what your word says. And it tells us that if you said it's mine, it's a yes and amen. I don't have to to come up and cry and beg you because it's it's been granted already. I'm just going to accept it and believe it no matter what. That's how, where we're going. 
there's your truth. And that's what we do. So with Michael, that's what we can do. Uh, Becky had asked us a few minutes ago, said, please pray for it. Please pray for it when your men get together. So we come in and, and just declare before the Lord, Father God, we thank you for our brother, Michael, our fellow warrior here, Lord. We thank you for him. And Becky, his wife, says that there are some issues the doctors are saying with his kidney. So we're holding him up before you. And we are declaring, according to Mark 11, 23, it said in your word, if you'll say this mountain be removed and cast in the sea and not doubt in your heart, uh, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it shall happen. And then you went on to say, therefore I say to you, when you pray, believe you received it, have received it, and it will be yours. So we're holding that verse up before you. We're holding Matthew 18, 18 through 20. It says, if two of us will agree on earth touching anything we ask, it shall be done. So we're holding that up before you and declaring that we're going with that in behalf of Michael. We plead the blood of Christ, which legally allows us the entrance to claim that, to stand on that. And we're declaring, we're speaking to kidney infirmity. They didn't give me a name, Father, but we're speaking to kidney infirmity. Since Jesus himself took our infirmities and bore sicknesses, we're speaking to kidney infirmity, and we're speaking to that mountain called kidney infirmity, commanding in the name of Jesus, you be removed, you be cast into the sea of forgetfulness, never to return to him. Father God, we hold Michael up before you right now, and we we receive his complete healing with those kidneys, with whatever's bothering him right now. We receive his healing, and thank you and praise you according to your word. It's done. We have it. We'll praise you for that according to our agreement prayer, we have it. We're calling him the healed of the Lord. We praise you for right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come against any internal um, bruising that, that may have taken place. Uh, and that's what we, now he's yeah. on a lot of medications. And, yeah. um, it makes him more susceptible to bruising. But you, Lord, are greater. Yep. And, and you are the one that heals us. And we ask, Lord, that, that you would would, uh, would heal him swiftly from any any pain from that bruising. Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in agreement with that. Amen. Are we in agreement with that? We're in agreement. There's the power. That's the reason a husband and wife are such a powerful team when they're walking in agreement together. So powerful. So incredibly powerful. But uh, just us together as, as a band of brothers, so to speak, here, we, we have great, great, wonderful miracle working power before the Lord. Yes. What you bind on earth. And, and the literal meaning from your, your point is what you permit on earth is what's permitted in heaven. What you forbid on earth is what's forbidden in heaven. So 18, 18 through 20 also he says where he also said agree together. Stetching you shall ask. So that's what we can do. We, we forbid permit. You know, thinking back in Oklahoma, you know, they call that tornado alley up Oklahoma City to Tulsa area of Oklahoma. And a, a professional weatherman that I befriended, and I was at Christmas at his house one night there. We were celebrating stuff, and he's talking to him, and he says, you know what? He says the reason that we're called Tornado Alley is because there is a huge system coming from the Pacific constantly coming from that direction. 
another huge system coming from Canada, and another coming up from the Gulf of Mexico. And they meet right here in Oklahoma. He said, that's why, and they come and start doing this, going all over the place up there. And that's why the weather is so crazy. Like the saying there is, you don't like our weather, wait 15 minutes and it'll be something different for you. You can pick your fit. The fronts collide. Yeah. Hail tornado. We, we do have a lot of hail up there. But uh, here, here's something interesting tornadoes and stuff. Uh, a few years back, this is problem solving. I remembered this, okay? My my daughter Susanna is, she'll be 29 this year, I think. But she had gone, we'd homeschooled them all the years of their life, and then she graduated through the B-Chef Homeschool graduation. She went to the Tri-County Technology Center School to get into the cosmetology field. And she's been a hairdresser, beautician, and then a skin, she works with a skin doctor, does all the skin stuff. Um, she was graduating from the Votech that night, this is May. A few days before, it was on the news about a tornado in Joplin that wiped the town out, y'all. If y'all remember, I think this was 2011. I put 2011. Yeah, it was 2011. It was an EF5, Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, EF5. And I know people that were there, and they said, "Oh, it was horrible." But I've been, I've driven under a tornado in Texas. I mean, it was up in the air like this. And I've also, when I was in school in band. You know, they took us to a, a park kind of in West Texas to have a weekend of enjoyment. On the way back, West Texas is notorious for this too. The way back, you know, I'm, I'm doing something down here in the chair where I'm sitting in, and I noticed it got real quiet. I thought, what's going on? I look around, and the kids are all sitting there like this, looking off to the side. There was, a, there was four tornadoes walking along beside us, you know, within a half a mile like this along. They were going alongside us like this on the road. Four tornadoes. You know, so I've seen that. I've been in hurricanes, tornadoes, all that stuff. And to understand that the problem-solving devices, I had my farm, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, north of Tulsa, half an hour. And I'm on the main highway that goes to Tulsa there almost, two miles off. And I look up, and two miles on the other side of the highway, there's a tornado doing this. And it looked like it's coming my way. And I said to the tornado, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to allow you to come to my place and destroy any of my property or my neighbors, anybody over here. You're forbidden from this. You have to go somewhere else. Yeah, you're not coming near, you're not coming near me. You know what it did? It went up in the air and went around and dropped on the other side of us about five miles and, and got someone's place there. But it went up in the air, you know, and I'm, I'm not claiming any greatness for myself, but I'm saying the word the promise is the problem solving device is the word works. See, another time Susanna was graduating that night and they were at the Bartlesville Convention Center. It's a building that'll hold about 12, 1500 people in the big auditorium. So this place is packed out and we're in there. And this is four days, three days, four days after that Joplin tornado. So everybody was on edge. It was the real bad tornado season anyway. Everybody's on edge. And we're in there and about there was a fellow speaking at the, toward the very end of this thing, you know. At the very end of, of his speech up there, toward the end of it, another one comes up to the front and says, Ladies and gentlemen, we have some weather issues right now. It appears there are some tornadoes on the ground in town here. And everybody's like, <gasps> And they said, We need you to go downstairs. That's one of the few places they had a basement <laughs> in Oklahoma. What are they go down, yeah, well, they don't have in Oklahoma. They, they had everybody go downstairs. Well, my daughter 
I had purchased her uh, an Android, a highfalutin Android of some kind, and my son for their graduation. They both went to graduation. And so Susanna says, Dad, they're going out there. She's dead. My phone's in the van, and so is my money that I got for graduation. You know, and you know, your princess is like that. You know, oh, I'm not going to, oh, don't worry. I'll get it for you. Nothing's going to happen to it. I walk out the front door of this convention center. I mean, it is nasty looking outside. And I look to my left, and we're kind of a main street beside us, and this is business district over here. To my left, the house is over here. There is a tornado in the air up here over these houses across the street from us. And I looked up and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth, I forbid you from coming down destroying my town. You have to pack up and go. You're not dropping here, devil. Get out of here right now. I refuse to allow this. And there's people back in there like, come on, man, come on, man, back in the building. Mm -hmm. And then I, the van was off, you know, 100 yards this way in the parking lot. And so I turned, and then I turned to the right, and there was one over here over the businesses about a block. Shoo, up in there. Shoo. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to allow you to come down in my town and destroy this place. You go. I refuse. Mr. Devil, you get your, your people, your buddies out of here now in the name of Jesus. And then I walked onto the van. I didn't run. I walked out to the van. It was starting to try to rain and hail. Walked out there, got her stuff, walked back into the building, went back down. Here you go, princess. And did you know the only thing that happened to Bartlesville that night, there was a church about four blocks away that about three or four shingles got blown off. And the hospital, they had a new building. They had some insulation. They just stuck in the wall of a new building. Some of the insulation got pulled out. That's all the damage we had in that town. And I guess other areas had damage, except for, you know, other cities or whatever. But we need to do that as, as a son of the living God. We've got that kind of problem-solving ability from the promises in here. We have that authority. We just need to step into these things and begin to address and talk. Not as I grew up in the, in the, the Pentecostal group, and we were taught to fall and squall before the Lord and beg him. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, and just begging, begging. That's not what he wants. That's not what he says in here. He says, you stand up, you man up. You solve your problems with what I've given you. Boy, you know, my little guys, when they were little, I want some more. Geet, geet, I want a drink, you know. So we'd get it for them. But as they got up here, it's, son, you're a big boy. There's the glass, there's the water, go get it. And the same thing with us as his sons, as his kids. You're growing up spiritually. You're going to be, become more like Jesus, he basically said. Yes. Yes, I was going to. Start being first being believers, and they will always hear from him, and then they wouldn't hear from him no more. In a sense, as you being believers as little kids is called milk. Right. You're you, he's giving you milk, but you're going to get to a point where that milk is going to be milk no more. And you it's grow spiritual teeth. Yep. You grow spiritual teeth and start and getting you're solid. Gonna, yep, yep. And you're going to start eating solid food. Yep. So yep. in a sense, it's not about what God's not hearing from you. You're not you're not hearing from God, but it's more about well, you're grown now. Start <clears throat> eating. Start eating the food. You're ignoring your growth. Is what you're you're trying to ignore your growth and remain in the past. <laughs> yeah, because as, you know, I mean, that's that was that's a beautiful thing. You know, just yeah. 
being able to being able to hear hear from God like mm-hmm. that, you know. But it eventually comes to a point where He wants to take you off the milk, and He wants you to start eating the food. And when you start eating the food, then you hear from Him differently. And I mean, like, and through through my experience, in a sense, it's, it's gotten to me. It got to a point right after me because when you when you was always used to hearing from hearing from God, it got to a point where you know as a kid you trust anybody. It's the same way. It's the same way in spirit. As a kid in spirit, you trust anything. When you get to a point where you start to separate what you hear by testing the spirits. 90% of the things that you would hear from stop. Once you once you tell it to confess that yep. it's from Jesus Christ. Yep. And 90% of the spirits will stop. You'll stop hearing most of the things you were always hearing. Yep. Because now you know that most of that stuff is not from God. And then that's when you get to work. And then you'll, then you'll learn how he'll speak to you that's what it talks about in the word there comes a point the growing up means this has been digested and internalized become a part of your very makeup and he doesn't have to come and talk to you per se anymore like a parent would have to instruct a child you know Dola was with the Rock House kids She's, she still has that about her want to always instructing the kids all the time correcting them all the time she still I, I say I don't need to be corrected, okay? I got this, okay? <laughs> Sometimes I'm a, I'm a grown-up like you, okay? <laughs> so, you know, the Lord, I think that he does that. There as There's that instructive hand and arm all the time and maybe talking always outwardly to you. But there comes a point that you're supposed to get this inside you. It says in the Word, the Word will talk to you. God's Word will actually talk to you. And, I, you know, I shared, I think Sunday I shared about uh, having that problem, that legal issue with a, with a contracting job in Tulsa, and on the way down there, uh, I'm, I'm freaking out because I mean this is big threats, legal threats, multi-million dollar threats coming at me, and I get down and I'm praying. I, I say, Father God, what do I do? He says, He laughs and says, Son, ha ha. It looks like you're going to start doing what you tell other people to do, right? <laughs> you have to practice what you preach now, boy. <laughs> And he, I said, what do you mean? He says, well, what do you tell people? Believe the word, right? You tell them, act on the word, right? Always hounding on that. I said, now you do it. I said, okay, give me a word to believe and act upon. Give me the promise. And out of here it came, thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So I began to praise him for that verse. Just worship him. And the people down, going down the highway thought of some crazy guy with his hand out like this, praising God, you know, out the window. And I get down there half an hour later, and they inform me, oh, well, we're so sorry. Uh, this is something one of our maintenance guys failed to do and to take care of. So uh, it's not, just keep doing your project, okay? We're going to take care of this. You know, I mean, it was looked like I was going to take six weeks fixing what it messed up, what the storm messed up. So yeah, that was through grabbing the promise, the word talked to me. The word's what came up, see and that's how he, that's his language, what he talks to us for the most part. When we're mature, it's like when you're a baby, you understand goo goo ga ga, you know, you can do that to the baby and the toddler, and they'll kind of understand you. But whenever you get up like us, if someone's talking that way to you, you think, 
Is that boy? Is that boy? That boy ain't right, is he? <laughs> you kind of thinking that, right? And that spiritual that applies like that. So he's wanting us to to become intelligible and intelligent with our spirituality. Now, in all the situations that have been talked about here, there's something that's present. has it give us a spirit of the fear means timidity it's not it's not fright but a spirit of timidity we don't have a spirit of timidity but of authority and of love and of a sober mind that that word's meaning a wise a wise thinking mind we get wisdom and the wisdom should be inside by this being you're not drunk on the fear of the timidity no your sober mind Mm -hmm. that, that has the peace of God yep we're like Star Wars stormtroopers. We got a mission and we go. You know, get her done, amen. Anyhow, where where were we? Where were we headed? We were we were going to go back and finish up the uh, the area of the uh, resistance of the the uh, <coughs> of the discipline. Sorry, of the discipline, and we were talking about uh, welcome the, the resistance and strengthen the core. That's the, the art of resistance training. Again, the use stress, the yeah, good the stress. stress Welcome that. Welcome the workout of life, okay? Uh, Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think with the mind of Christ. And see, that's really weird. That, we came across that in the Becoming a True Worshiper Sunday mornings. That's a, a kind of a... Bible college course that we're kind of developing out. That's one of the main verses. Present your body as living sacrifices, worship, your reasonable, your spiritual worship, and then be transformed by the renewing, the remodeling, the replacing of your thoughts into the mind of Christ. Okay? That's the important thing about that. So what do we need to do? Uh, we need to to pay close attention to the word. The more you read with a studious mind, the more you can see God's bigger picture of what's going on. I think, uh, as uh, you know, God has called. It says in the Word. I mean, remember the verse. I think in, in Revelation, God has made us kings and priests to our God. Made us kings. Jesus was. He was a king. He is a king. He's a prophet. He's a priest. Yeah, prophet, priest, king. Back in your Old Testament covenant, those were separate people. There was a king who was anointed by God and had a, a coating, a clothing of kingship. There was the prophets who had the same thing. They were anointed by God with a, a cloaking of prophecy and prophet, the prophetic ministry. 
and then there were the prophet, priest, king. Uh, the priests were, usually they were by inheritance, of course, Aaron's sons, different ones. The priests would come in, they had a special anointing. What, what does a priest do? A priest represents men to God. A priest represents God to men. The priests were more of the pastoral people. The prophets were more of the evangelists, fire and brimstone kind of deal. You get straightened up, buddy, or else, you know. The the past the, the, the priests were more of the pastoral. Hey, let's let's see what it says in here. I'm gonna read this to you, let's do this. And, and one of the most touching is in the book of Nehemiah and Ezra. Touching areas it's in there, it says the people they began to read the wood because they hadn't had the word read to them in years or anything. The pastors weren't doing their job. And they began to, and the people began to weep and, and wail and weep and all that because they saw, we haven't been obeying God. We're in deep doo-doo, so to speak. That's what they were saying. And, and what did Nehemiah say? No, no, no. This is a day of rejoicing. You're receiving God's word now. He says, remember the song, eat the fat and drink the sweet? Send portions to those who are weak, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That verse, you know, that song and all that comes from that verse. So there was that importance of the word that God placed, and the priest, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah were in the, and Nehemiah was actually more in the king's area because he was appointed by the king. But Ezra was a priest coming back to share with the people, to pastor the people, so to speak. So. <laughs> We're going off on all these little trails. All over. I'm going off on all these little trails. I think it's the, the Spirit of God. So we, we're coming back into the the area of, of welcoming the resistance, the, the FaceTime with God. Uh, FaceTime doesn't just mean I'm just praying. The way I believe the New Testament way of communication with the Lord is what it says in here in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God and, he, and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the father that's Jesus so if we want to talk to Jesus what's the best way come in here or about our father who art in heaven he was you you got to understand in those four gospels. You got to understand this. He's he's in a culture, speaking to the people he was sent to. He came from them. Okay. The whole mission of Israel was to bring forth the Messiah, the Redeemer, to buy all of the earth and the universe and mankind back from the slave market of Satan's sin. That's what it was. That's what that was all about. So he's he he, he is Almighty God Himself comes into a, a body of a Jew lives as a Jew he's in that culture so he's sharing with them because they had so many cuckoo religious things that they've gotten into they 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 made religion they made your relationship with the Lord into nothing but rituals because that's what the law of Moses laid out in Leviticus and, and Numbers and Deuteronomy it's, it's rituals they were it was a teaching tool to show people that they need a savior, that that their ancestors had really messed up and turned the world over to the wrong person, the wrong being. And so this was God's way of, I'm gonna have an entire nation, this will be my client nation, this is how I reach the world, is through this client nation, through blessing them, 
through putting my word down there for them, for them to believe and act upon my word. And, and that's why God said, all people will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. Why will they see? How will they see? Well, you, if you remember the queen of, of Sheba, which is basically in Ethiopia, had come to see Solomon. And it mentions, this is first, first or Second Chronicles, it mentions that she was in there and it says her heart fainted within her. She was, she was swooning because she said, I had heard about you and heard about Israel and, and the Lord and all. But she said, look, I'm, I've seen with my own eyes and they didn't tell me half of what the Lord has done in you and through you. That's what God meant. They'll see that you're called by them anymore because you're so incredibly blessed. Your nation is so wonderful and everything, and all you belong to me, okay? They'll see that. Well, today it's the same principle. He, he, same principle. He's wanting to see. The, the, the law is good, but it was meant to be a framework and a teaching tool. by the Spirit. Yep. They and no spirit, it becomes dead. They, they were interpreting things by the letter of the law and yep. kind of extending into spirits that weren't right, like greed. Yep. Um, they so. didn't catch God's heart. No. You know, right. in, in the worship, I believe we got to the point about David, God saying, I found a man after my own heart. Why was David after his own heart? He was just a shepherd, which, you know, they were some of the smelliest people around. <laughs> They're living with sheep all week, you know and livestock and stuff but what did David do he took his little guitar that he had out there with him and he just praised he was kind of like Jesus in a lot of ways he was alone but he wasn't alone because he was praising God talking to God all the time and uh, you know he, he talks about yeah they, they said you're just a, you're just a kid you can't you can't defeat that 10 footer over there get out of here you're just bragging his brothers you get out of here you got a big head kid get out of here go home go back to the sheep well, what had happened, he had been with the Lord enough, enough contact, which was God's will for God to walk in, live with people and talk to him stuff. He'd been there enough, and he was a worshiper. And that's how he became a man after God's heart. He offered worship to the Lord all the time, every chance he got. Uh, he, instead of Lady Gaga, he put uh, Integrity Hosanna Worship on the radio or on the, the CD player or whatever, the car, you know, that kind of deal go down the road with worship you know that's the, that's the kind of life that he lived and so that pushed put him in that place the majority of the Israelite people weren't necessarily that way I think Jonathan probably was the, the friend of David David's best buddy Saul's son I think Jonathan probably was real close to that you know birds of a feather principle right I, I think Jonathan probably had that heart toward God but David was that way he was a true worshiper because his heart followed hard he said it in Psalm, one of my favorite Psalms, 63. My heart follows hard after you, God. The Jonathan example shows that you should uh, watch who you hang out with. Yep. You hang up, hung out with David, and you gained a lot of what David had. I used to hang out with my friend Dennis, and, and uh, people would say we talked the same. We did everything yep. <laughs> because... Yep. because related to each other and, and, and uh, things of, of each other would rub off on mm -hmm. yeah, That's why, what is it, First Corinthians or Second Corinthians? The, the Paul wrote, said, be careful who you hang out with. 
He said evil community, evil lifestyles corrupt your good manners, your good life. Yeah. Yeah. It'll rub off the dirty, the dirt will rub off on you. You know, can't help it. So anyway, <laughs> we're getting close to closing time already. Yeah. It's amazing how the calendar passes so fast. Uh, I did not even get two lines of the review on this thing. <laughs> But we were actually on the point of talking about FaceTime with the Lord. And it was one of Jesus' most valued principles that he had. He always, they didn't, yes, they had a scroll, but I don't think each one of them had a Bible they carried around. I kind of doubt they did that. So they relied upon their, their ministers to, to yeah. read it to them. The word wasn't there yet. No, they didn't have the printing press and stuff. They had to, they had to do it all in cursive. Imagine writing the Bible in cursive. So they couldn't mass produce. Yeah. So imagine that. That's what they had. So usually it was the pastor of the synagogue that had the the scroll and could read it and all that kind of stuff. And then you had to go to to their Bible school to learn all that. Uh, my understanding is the even the Orthodox use today that as a child, by the time you're six or seven or eight, you're supposed to memorize, know by heart the first five books of the Bible. Orthodox Jewry. They do that. That's pretty powerful right there. So it's a strong it's a strong impetus, a strong motivation to get that in. FaceTime with God, like I mentioned earlier, his language, maybe not thee and thou <laughs> so much. You know, not that so much. But actually speaking to us, he speaks the word to us. He speaks the principle of the law in the word to us is what he does. So getting into that, the FaceTime with God is not strictly that is important. We need to do that. You know, we need to spend time doing that, praying in the Holy Ghost. FaceTime with God, I've found, is this, to open the Word. And I've got uh, the smaller three-ring binders, smaller ones like that. I actually make my own custom-sized paper and hole punch it and put the little reinforcements on there so they don't break apart. And for years, what I've done is to open the word to a place that I'm particularly interested in. You need to let them out? No, the door's unlocked. Okay. There, so they're getting, the two of them had the bikes. And so very often I'll, I'll be talking to the Lord and I'll, you know, for instance, Romans 12, 1 and 2, very powerful. I'll write that out. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I like to take a yellow highlighter and highlight the verse. I'll underline highlight it. And then say, Father God, which you reveal, open my eyes to this. Please begin to pray over it and say, please open my eyes and start to, to say it out loud to myself over and over again. We had a teacher have us do this in class in Bible college and stuff. So anyway... He had us do that. He said, I want you to take 15 minutes at a, at a time. Take that verse or two that you're doing. Have it written out. And as you're doing that, saying it over and over again, I want you to write down what comes up inside of you, like from down in here. He said, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Or your own spirit man speaking to you. And opening your eyes to reveal stuff and write it down. And I had four pages on those two verses. I mean, it was powerful. And it made me so sensitive and spiritually to spiritual things. I could pick up that the Lord's wanting to say something to someone, or in a church service could pick up he's wanting 
you put a message out, prophesy or something. Boom. Or I could sense with, I was a children's pastor, Teenage Mutant Ninja Children's Pastor, I said, I always tell people. I could sense something was going on with the kids in a family and could go over and begin to talk to them and say, is this happening in your, at your house? We need to pray about that, don't we? It's, it's bothering you, isn't it? And they would sometimes start crying. So, yeah, so the sensitivity to the Lord, that's the FaceTime with God. When you're in that FaceTime, the Word says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, that would be a good one to put on your refrigerator, big letters. We're all with an open face. Remember FaceTime. We're all with an open face, beholding as in a glass or mirror, the glory of the Lord. We're transformed into that same image from glory to glory. That's the growth process. That's becoming more like Jesus. Jesus is called the glory, right? We want to become more like the Lord Jesus, right, as a warrior for him. So that's it. We get into the word. We're beholding. That's what I would do. Get in there and start saying, Father God, open my eyes to Jesus in this verse. And then whenever he says, sure, son. And I've got, I don't know how many years now, I, I would bind them to get, would fill a notebook up completely, put another set of paper in there and just uh, ring this paper up like this. And I've got it stored in the file cabinets and in different places of files. And I can go back there and today get blessed going back over stuff God showed me yeah. back in those times. It's, it's a very powerful thing. So that's the FaceTime aspect to get in. FaceTime means get in here. Stare at this. Don't stare at a mirror. Stare at this. And say, show me Jesus. Show me my Messiah. Show me my Lord. Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Okay? That's a very powerful thing. And I believe it is now 6.30, 7.30, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we'll close with this. Maybe we'll go ahead and finish that next week. <laughs> And get into brotherhood after that. So, uh, any other any other prayer requests? We're going to get the tomorrow. We'll be working on our new prayer network. We have the the Facebook one, and uh, around when, two o'clock. When uh, around two o'clock, they'll come with us, and we'll be working on that setting up. They want me to write content, and I said I, I have to see what I'm going to be writing content for, how it's laid out, so I know what to do. So, yeah. we're going to do that. This will be something everybody that wants to can be on it, just like with the Facebook one, except. We don't have any fact checkers coming well, on board the censors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that. We have fact checkers. It's gonna be him and his wife. So <laughs> we do have fact checkers. Yeah, <laughs> meaning if you're if you're staying on prayer, it will be this will be for prayer network, like the Facebook was a prayer network. And uh, what happened was Noah was in the hospital two, three, four weeks ago. I think he was having a breathing problem there. And uh, I had gone down, Tony gave me some paperwork, said, Holly needs this, can you take it? I took it over there. And, uh, and, and I shared with her, she said, would you please pray, have the church pray. Uh, Noah is fine, he's ready to go home, but this doctor won't let him go. It's over some, some things that probably are silly. And like he was, he was or she was griping, the, the doctor was griping about no vaccinations for COVID or something, I'm thinking, you don't vaccinate a baby for COVID. <laughs> Get it, you know. <laughs> anyway, I put on the prayer, uh, please proclaim the favor of God for Holly and Noah at the hospital. He's doing fine, doing well, ready to come home. But I, I mentioned, I said, it looks like the medical Gestapo is holding on to him, won't let him go. Please pray God's favor. 
Well, apparently those two words, the fact checkers jumped on those two words, and we all get notices. says, Tony Norman has uh, removed you from the group. Tony didn't do no such thing. <laughs> so, anyway, that happened. We won't have that happening with our general shepherd. And for the guys, I'll remind me and I'll tell, have the dollar tell girls, we have two. We actually have the chat back and forth, and also we have a blog that's for prayer so if somebody wants to share their story or give yep. an update they can do it with that instead of trying to go through right the prayer will be the immediate chat yep. and that yep. will pop up like the Facebook message because right? that's Notifying. what we what the church pays for okay with the, our and if anybody anybody that has a cell phone um, he has, <laughs> has a smartphone to get it right. We need to get him a better phone. We need yeah. to get him at least a cricket phone so he can join in with us. I mean, Yamish yeah, have done very well staying in the 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> He's happy, okay? He says if it ain't broke, don't fix, fix it. it. <laughs> and I'll pass this around. It won't. It won't annoy you with things, but if you look at the app, see that little check mark next to chat. Okay. That will tell you you got a notification. Somebody think they're working on the notification ding like Facebook, but when okay. you have twenty million people in thirty different rooms, you'll hear a ding 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 ding, ding all right. night. We don't want that. No, it's rather if you want to look and see a check mark, then yeah, then you might want to check it. Yeah, my my dingers turned off from about ten thirty to <laughs> seven a.m. So yeah, my dinger. And my yeah, go. You know off how so that good. is. So, so you did. You did very well. You may have thought that you got off, but, but what has been the central focus of what you've been doing, like the importance of worship? And you know, we, we touched on the fear thing. <laughs> we touched on the, the, the fear thing and, and who or what you fear is what you worship. Uh, it, yes. What intimidates you? Yeah, because that's that word fear in, in, second, in First Timothy is. In, uh, yeah, that's a better word than God has not given us the spirit of, in, of t- timidity. That's what it literally is talking yeah. about. Timidity, where you're, you know. You know, and to, for the update, the per- and on this blog, I have not done it yet because I've been helping family with work. Um, is last Sunday you guys put how to pray.